Welcome back to the Tigers Only Podcast, your favorite podcast for all things training, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Caleb Sprinkle, and in each episode, I'll be sharing valuable education and lessons learned that I've experienced over my last 10 plus years of coaching in order to help you along your health journey. Thank you all so much for listening, and now let's get into today's podcast. Today, we're going to talk about losing motivation because that's something that obviously with this podcast, we've done and <laughs> we put out one every like business quarter. So remember, yeah, we're going to talk about how you can get it back too, though. Yeah. <laughs> there are enough trial and error, you can get it back. But I mean, like if you had to like pinpoint like what you do, what Nick does when he shifts from like lack of motivation to actually getting stuff going, what actually like has to happen for you personally? to like get over the hump when you like completely lose motivation over a certain area you're working on. Yeah. I think first off, like identifying kind of why it happens in my experience, both with myself specifically, but also with clients kind of in this space of like trying to lose weight and things like that. I think it really comes down to like feeling like you're moving and not progressing. So like motion without real movement is, is really not progress. You know, Mm. and I think we see it a lot with like reverse dieting clients where like we're adding food, we're adding food, we're strength training a lot. And like maybe the scale doesn't even go up, but it's just staying the same. And people like, well, when am I going to lose weight? It's kind of easy for people to lose weight or to lose motivation on that journey over four or five, however long it takes, you know, months wise to get that reverse diet finished. And I think the same thing kind of happens like in any sense, you know, if you feel like you're trying and you're not making any real progress, then you're like, what's the point? And I think that's where a lot of people kind of get stuck. I know that's definitely where I get stuck. Yeah. Um, and I think on top of that, a big part of it's like letting things that are out of your control kind of dictate how you feel about that. Like shit happens, you know, yeah. but I think it's really important to decipher, like if that was something that you let happen or that you made happen, or if that was just life kind of giving you the finger, you know, Yeah. and you know, you kind of have to try and at least I always try to focus on like, what can I do or what am I in control of that I can, you know, change about that because sometimes shit happens and you can't really do anything about it. But other times, like if you're not going to the gym, if you're not waking up when you're supposed to, if you're not doing X, Y, and Z, maybe starting those things back up is the only place that you really need to start. And that's going to solve most of your problems. Yeah. I wonder why, like as humans, we're hardwired to always focus on the shit we can't control. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're in a situation and you're like, there's factors you can't control to get to a certain point and there's things out of your control. I feel like we always focus on the fucking negative that we can't control and just like it's defeating before we even fucking get started. We're power craving beings. <laughs> we like, are. We're Especially like men. Yeah. Like instant gratification all yeah. the time. But nobody likes to be told like you can't change that or that's not you yeah. know, yours to to own or to do or to buy. Like people want to be able to do what they want. Yeah. And when you can't, I think people take offense to that even if it's just how the world works yeah the fucking male ego is a terrible and funny thing but yeah but i think i i agree with you it's kind of like where like you said uh like pinpointing like what actually happened to kind of take you off that path and like you said life life happens sometimes sometimes it's like you're self-sabotaging without even knowing it like putting yourself in situation like if you uh, we're just going to talk about like obviously fitness because that's why we're here but like let's say you're trying to lose weight and like you um you're doing pretty well. And then all of a sudden you hit a plateau and then instead of staying the course and figuring out what you need to change to keep moving again, you start looking at the things out of your control, you feel defeated. And then you put yourself in a situation where you're in, in the fucking line for a fast food restaurant. I'll say you can't eat fast food and lose weight, but you know what I mean? And then you obviously do things like that and start making decisions that are going to affect your results. And before you know it, fucking snowball effect and you're rolling down the hill and there's nothing you can do to fix it. So 
Yeah, I kind of feel that same way. It's just like identifying that and then just being aware of self-sabotaging behaviors as they're happening. Because if you can't have that like self-realization that you're doing it, it's very hard to ever make that change. You're probably going to keep repeating it over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think like the last thing I wanted to kind of note on was trying to do too much all at once and trying to to strive for perfection in like every possible area. Mm-hmm. And obviously we see it with, with restrictive diets and, you know, crazy exercise programs and stuff, but you see it all the time too. Like with moms trying to work full time and and also take care of their kids and try to be in school and, and things like that. And like, it just ends up kind of burning you out no matter how strong of a person you are, how much energy you have, because we're not really meant to like live that way. And so yeah. I think, you know, trying to just take it one step at a time and that's where kind of that self-awareness, like you mentioned, comes into play is, mm-hmm. is trying to maybe divide things up into, I'm going to do this this week and then that next week, and then see if I can kind of combine them the week after and, and focus on both at once after kind of getting each of them on their own platforms taken care of. Yeah, uh, That's another thing that I feel like whenever I'm feeling that way, I'm like, well, I'm trying to do a hundred things in one day instead of 10 things each day for the next 10 days, that's going to make it a lot more manageable. Yeah, for sure. And just kind of breaking it down to baby steps and getting momentum on your side, for sure. So that's like one of the next questions I was going to ask is when you do feel like you lose motivation or you fall off the wagon, whatever the hell you want to call it, that like, how do you get back on? Yeah, I think the first thing I typically do is like, look at, I'm going to see like, let's say this week, I feel like shit. Last week, I was feeling great, you know, like mentally about productivity and everything. First thing I'm going to do is look at what was I doing last week that maybe I'm not doing right now. Maybe that's snoozing my alarm in the morning. Maybe it's skipping my morning routine. Maybe it's, you know, it could be something as simple as like not drinking, you know, caffeine in the morning, like soup and stuff like that. But I really try to kind of step back and look at first at like, what have I removed? Because oftentimes I wrote a post about this a couple of weeks ago. I was like, sometimes removing stuff is where you either go wrong or where you're going to solve your problems as opposed to like adding stuff in. So if you're not doing something you were doing last week that was a positive, you know, that's going to be a negative when you remove it. So yeah. just trying to identify those first off is where I usually start. Um, I don't know if you have like a different take on that. I know a lot of people just immediately go towards like addition. I usually look at like, what have I subtracted or what can I subtract that is maybe like causing me to to feel this way or, you know, whatever. Honestly, uh, like it, it's funny to pick this topic today because like, I don't really have a rhyme or reason about how I do it. It's just I'm the type of person, you know, I procrastinate. So I'll like let something build up, build up, build up, and then I'll fucking snap. And then when I snap, I'm just like, okay, I'm tired of feeling sorry for myself. I'm just going to change it, which is not healthy whatsoever. So don't do that. So that's more so. I definitely do the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) This is the stupidest topic for us to talk about. (laughs) But we're we're working on it too. We're all going to do this together. We're all going to try to focus on things better. But I mean, in a perfect world, if I were to work on things like that, it would probably be somewhat the same. It'd be like, what's changed? What do I need to identify that that's a, a reoccurring variable that could cause this to happen yet again so that I'm not doing the same song and dance in another 60 or 90 days of the same shit over and over again? Because realistically, you're probably going to hit some kind of plateau once a month. It could be physical, but it could be mental could be anything but you're always going to have something like that once a month that's why people say like when stuff happens in life it comes in waves same kind of thing you're obviously gonna start if, if a fucking plateau hits you're gonna start focusing on it more and then it seems like every little thing is just coming to like hurt you so it's just like in a, a sense we're mentally you just kind of got to get over that and accept it but and then start identifying what those things are and just do your best to mitigate them as much as simply possible definitely but so losing motivation trying to regain it how about how do you keep it this is a trick question. I think that's a huge portion of where I like look at self-responsibility and self-awareness because you hear everybody talk about it, like motivation is not always going to be there. We're talking about it right now. Yeah. I think that's where in certain aspects of life, like you need to stay disciplined. Yeah. Um, and I think it's 
usually what I tell clients, and this is where I try to focus my attention with myself as well, obviously, is what do you thrive on? And like, what do you actually enjoy? Some people, let's just talk fitness wise, like some people do really well with workouts and getting their steps in sleeping and drinking their water. And they're not great with nutrition. They hate meal prepping. They're typically under on protein, things like that. When they get into a rut, I'm like, look, you thrive off activity. You know, if we can only have half the puzzle, let's focus on the easier piece for you right now and kind of try to build up from there. Vice versa. You know, if somebody does great with their nutrition, but they're missing workouts and things like that, I'm like, look, you're doing the hard part. You've got the meal prep done. You're hitting your protein goal. You're wrecking your, you know, calories every single day on point. If we can just kind of find that missing puzzle piece of, of steps or cardio or, you know, strength training sessions, like imagine how you're going to kind of shift where you're currently at. And so I try to like focus on strengths first, because I think it's easier to build up from your strengths and add your weaknesses in sporadically as important or as opposed to like, Hey, you really suck at this. We're going to focus all of our attention there and make it really difficult on you while ignoring, you know, your strong suits. And so that's something that I try to focus on, especially with clients, because most people do kind of have that, like half of it that they're really good with. And the other half of it is something like, which is the reason they're, you know, hiring a coach or talking to you in the first place. Yeah, for sure. And when you talk about like, you mentioned discipline, it made me think, cause like I hear like motivational speakers and other coaches all the time talk about like the ports of discipline and kind of how the Epsom flows of how discipline links in with motivation and how they can feel one another and how they can obviously sabotage one another. So to you, how important is discipline in comparison to motivation? And do you feel like discipline should come before or after motivation? Sorry. I think you build motivation off of what you're disciplined with. Yes. So like, like I just talked about, like, I absolutely love working out most of the time. I meal prep, I try to eat healthy, but ultimately like I'm excited to go to the gym every day. I'm not excited to do the dishes after I cook. (laughs) But I think like I just talked about, it's important because I know like if I just work out five or six days a week and eat like shit, not going to see the results I want. So I think kind of building your motivation in those areas that you struggle with off of the areas that you thrive off of being disciplined in Mm -hmm. is where I usually focus. Because again, you know, ultimately even us coaches not always wanting to go to the gym, not always wanting to eat chicken and vegetables or, you know, whatever the hell people eat now. I eat the same thing like every day, but (laughs) that's where like you, you're not always going to want to do the things that are going to get you where you need to go. Yeah. And so, you know, take those things that you are good at or that you are enjoying. And typically those go hand in hand. You know, most people enjoy the things they're better at build off those and make it easier on yourself by, you know, just doing that. It's, I think it's that simple. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of the thing I always like to ask is like, about the discipline, like how do you think it comes about? Because a lot of people have talked about this a long time ago. So I'm sorry, you have to hear it for like a millionth time for me. But most people think motivation comes first, then you take action, you get results. But in actuality, you take action, you get results, and then you get motivation. So you start getting more motivated when you start to see a return on your investment, right? Like if you're investing money into the stock market, which I have no expertise about, I'm just saying invest because I'm invest, whatever. But if you start investing money into it, and you're constantly losing it, or you're not seeing any capital gain, you're probably not going to want to keep doing it, right? But you keep doing it. And hopefully with something like that, it's kind of out of your control. So it's a bad analogy, but you get what I mean. Like you keep putting money in, you keep putting time in and eventually it's going to fucking pay off. But I think a lot of times we just can't get over the hump of like, it's not going to happen right away. And before you know it, motivation has gone, you're back to square one. So, um, I mean, I mean, like you said, kind of keeping motivation. I don't feel like you can, I mean, you could be doing everything right. You could be progressing and then like you can just wake up one day and not want to go. Like there's been weeks I have not wanted to go to the gym at all. And did I go five or six times like I'm supposed to? No, I went like three or four. But I mean, it's something that just kept me at least progressing or at least set like where I should be so that when I pick back up, I'm not going to be behind. But more so um, 
with motivation, is there anything that you do to kind of prime it or like just get more motivated even when you're not? Like, is there something like other than watching Chris Bumstead workout videos to go to the gym? Is there anything else you like to do to kind of help with motivation? Double scoop pre-workout. <laughs> no, I think, I mean, like another thing I talked about on my story a couple weeks ago was like, if you have like a hard time getting your Friday or Saturday workout in, like push your favorite muscle group to train back to that yeah. day. You know, don't make it like your least favorite workout of the week on Saturday. Cause you're not going to want to go. Yeah. I think again, like people are always focused. Like we talked about on like doing too much, trying to be perfect and, and so forth. But if you can just make it manageable and make it something that's going to be enjoyable for you and push you more towards making that a reality yeah. as opposed to like, Oh, I don't want to train my least favorite muscle group on Saturday before I go out with my friends. You're probably not going to go and train your least favorite muscle group before you go out with your friends. Yeah. But if it's like, you know, if you're, super stoked on training shoulders and your shoulder day set up for Saturday. Like you're probably going to want to get that pump before you go out with your friends. You're going to fill your shirt up better. Like you're going to be more yeah. kind of enticed to do so. And so that's something I like to try to do with myself is like make it more rewarding kind of. Yeah. And I think that's something that helps, but I think the biggest thing for me, and you've obviously seen this the last year or so is like trying not to get too high or too low. Yeah. And that's where I try to rely on discipline more is like discipline keeps you kind of even keeled. Some days motivation is going to be super high and then other days or weeks it's going to be super low. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are missing that middle ground where they're either really high for like a month and then really low for a month or so. Yeah. Um, you know, we try to keep it as even keeled as we can. And we talk about it with, with workouts or nutrition. Like you don't want to just double your calories all of a sudden on a bulk. You're not gonna feel very good. You also don't want to just double your workouts or cut half your calories. Like if we can keep that middle ground and make it more reasonable and sustainable and like long-term, you're going to do better if you're knocking five out of seven days a week out of the park with your to-do list and everything, than you are seven days a week out of the park one week and then zero the next. Yeah, I think trying to find that middle ground is really something that a lot of people struggle with naturally. Um, but that's something that I like to try to focus on as well, because it just keeps you kind of more grounded on like what you're doing while you're doing it and making it more of like an attainable and realistic position to be in, in terms of not trying to do everything at once or, you know, whatever the case is. Yeah, for sure. And I agree with what you said, like trying to say like even keel, because obviously if you get too high, there's going to be a big downfall, right? And vice versa, Well, not vice versa. Usually if you're down, you're probably going to sleep. But I'm kind of the same way. Like a lot of clients when they first sign up, usually the first couple of weeks, like a lot of our clients, like we always talk about like, or metabolically adapted and usually in a downward trend. So almost immediately they need to do some kind of reverse diet, recovery diet, or even just like a, a slight bump up in their calories, but just cleaning up the food sources to like limit inflammation. And obviously if you're doing those things and you have them for a while, you're probably going to drop weight pretty quick in the first couple of weeks because there's a lot of fluid retention that's being excreted, right? So like the first couple of weeks, typically almost every client I work with, they drop like two, four, five, six pounds pretty quickly. And they're really excited about that. And it's one of those things where I feel like not pet pessimistic, but I feel like I'm like the, the gatekeeper. I'm like, Hey, that's awesome. It means your body's responding. Don't get excited about that because they're like, it's not going to keep happening. It's not going to happen every week. And the more high you get off of that quick return, the more when it doesn't happen, it's going to put you like, it's going to put you down big time. So I completely agree. I didn't even think about it like that. So you said like that, but I agree. And then, I mean, kind of like yours is a lot more healthy way to think about it. I'm like, I just use fear. Like it's not a bad thing, but I use fear. Like like, let's say like this business was not doing so hot and like um, I needed to do something to change it. I would literally think about being poor and like how I grew up and it would try to drive me to change. So or when I think about not wanting to go to the gym and not wanting to eat the calories, like I think about how I felt when I was skinny and how insecure I was and like all those things. And I just like reminds myself, which probably isn't the healthiest thing. But I mean, I think playing devil's advocate has its place for sure. Yeah. 
for sure. But that's what drives me, dude. Like I'll literally just think about how I used to feel if I didn't want to go to the gym. It's like that one funny reel I made that did really well. Where I was like, when you don't, when you want to skip the gym, you remember like you're six two, and if you don't go, you're gonna be skinny bitch or whatever. That's yeah. literally what, like, like I made that because that's what I was doing at that exact fucking moment. I was like, ah, this bed feels really good. It's five p.m. on a Friday. I don't want to go to the gym. I think that's how most people play it though, because imagining the negatives is like easier and more realistic to a lot of people than like portraying the positives that you maybe haven't experienced yet. Yeah, I could. Yeah, like nobody's like that's like never been super skinny. Is like imagining how it feels to be skinny, (laughs) how it feels when they were like as overweight as they were, or whatever. So I think to some extent that's more realistic for a lot of people, and I don't necessarily think it's like unhealthy. I just think it's like one of those societal norms where like you hear about it's like oh well you you know you're thinking about the negative. It's like well yeah because it's easier because that's where I've yeah more recently or more deeply than I have in the past. Yeah, like what's that? I definitely get that. What's that saying? It's like once the pain of remaining the same outweighs the fear of change, that's when you change or some shit. I know I just butchered that, but it, it sounds yeah, pretty I, smart. No idea. <laughs> like once the pain outweighs the fear of change, then you'll make like the change you need to or something. Some fucking philosopher said that, but I just better than you did. Yeah, way better than I did. Yeah, but let's wrap it up a little bit and just kind of give sure. like specific to to weight loss or to fitness goals, like actionable steps for let's say you've had a couple of rough weeks, you know, you've maybe gained a couple pounds back, you haven't been in the gym super frequently, like, what can we do? Or where would you start when it comes to to picking that progress back up or kind of getting back on the wagon? Uh, first things first, I'm just kind of piggybacking off you is identifying what happened to stuff like that caused you to be derailed, um, whether it be like an outside influence, whether it be getting in your own head, kind of address it and just do your best to like, not, obviously not let it happen again, or just be more aware of when it's happening. So again, you can nip it in the bud, doesn't keep reoccurring. Um, the next thing is I would do everything in your power to set yourself up for success and don't give yourself a way out because if you give yourself a way out, you will. So we're just going to stick with going to the gym because that's what you've spoken about a lot today. But like we have a lot of clients that work nine to five jobs where they either have to get up and go to the gym at five, six a.m. or they have to go at six, seven or eight p.m. So a lot of a lot of them choose obviously to go after they want to sleep in. If they have to go home after work, they're probably not going to go back to the gym. Whereas packing a bag, not giving yourself an option to not do that is going to put you in a lot better place with follow through. Um, and another thing is kind of entice yourself, like reward yourself for doing it. I'm not saying use food, but like one thing I do is like, I like anime and I try not to watch it a whole lot at home. So I only watch it when I'm doing cardio at the gym now, most of the time, like I still slip up at home stuff, but like doing something that is kind of like a reward for you doing the thing that immediately you don't want to do, but down the road you'll appreciate has really helped me stick with it because I fucking hate cardio, but I do it every after every workout now. Damn. Good for you. I've done it like a couple times in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> well, it's because I have a show that I'm like really into. And I'm like, oh, I got to see what happens now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Though. I like that. I've never done that. But those are like the, the three things that I hope really hone in on. And then from there, like typically that puts me in a good enough place that I can kind of pick up back where I was. But if I need more work, I'll do something like just to get out of my ways. I'll just do something to like change my environment. So I work from home and stuff. I go to the same gym. Maybe I just try a new gym. I don't know. Maybe I just try something outdoors. Maybe I go paddle boarding instead of going to the gym just to get movement in. And then that helps me get out of my own head and it kind of eases me back into it. But yeah, that's kind of how I go about it. Yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. I've actually never really done number two, but that's definitely a good good way to go about doing it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I definitely would start with kind of the same thing is like identify and, and be really real with yourself. Like 
Yeah. Odds are you lost motivation because you're not doing the shit you were doing before. <laughs> and that's yeah. sadly how it usually goes. And I think on top of that, you really kind of need to psych yourself out. Like it's easier to keep momentum than it is to build it. So just know that it's going to be harder to dig yourself out of the current position you're in. Yeah. than it's going to be in like a week from now to maintain the current position that you're going to be in because you're going to make those changes. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of people think it's like going to be easy to kind of get back to the point you were at before. Yeah. It's not. And yeah. I think that's another part of it that people you know, when you expect it to be easy, you're probably going to be disappointed. It's going to be harder than you want it to be. So really, you know, set those realistic expectations. And then on top of that, like we talked about, is just kind of build those foundations, like start small workouts are your jam, then go to the gym every single day that that week that you're supposed to. And you're probably going to have that motivation to do better on your nutrition, because that's going to follow all the effort that you're putting in there. Um, you know, focus on the small stuff like water steps. And I know we talk about that a lot, but that's because those are the easiest things to change. And when you're putting in the time to meal prep or to get your steps in or to go to the bathroom 10 times a day because you're drinking a gallon of water, <laughs> you're going to feel more obligated to kind of force your hand into doing the other stuff that you don't want to do. And then once you're doing all that stuff in conjunction with another, you're going to see those results. You're going to get that kind of boost because you're seeing the results and the that byproduct that you're wanting to because of the work you're doing. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately where people like we talked about at the very beginning fall off track in the first place is because they feel like they're making effort and putting forth, you know, all that time and energy without anything in return. And so once you kind of see that return on investment again, I think it becomes infinitely easier to kind of want to continue doing so. And that's really as simple as I can make it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Anything else you want to add to that like we spoke about today? I'm pretty comfortable with it. I like it. Yeah, no, I think we covered a lot of the same stuff a couple of times, really trying to nail it home. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I'll say, and I'll leave it there is like, you don't want all your motivation or picking up your motivation to come from ex extrinsic things. It should come internally because that that oh, that's one of the things you can control or do your best to. But it does help the days you don't want to do it to have something extrinsically that motivates you, whether that be like want to be a better parent or a better father or mother or like just like me and Nick joke about all the time, like watching fucking workout videos before we go work out to pick up our motivation a little bit. Just like find your like what picks it up just a tad, even if it's like a hair, just feed into that when you're not feeling it and just pop it out, man. That's all you got to do. Sad so. truth is at the end of the day, you just got to fucking do it. Yep. That's where discipline comes in, but we'll wrap it up here. Hopefully we'll have one out in the next couple of weeks again. And <laughs> we stay a little bit more consistent with it, but thank you all for tuning in. If you guys have any topics you ever want to talk about, as you know, hit us up on Instagram, the fit hipster or Nick at end cooler questions, comments, concerns, or anything you want to hear more about. We appreciate y'all and we'll catch you on the next one. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. We genuinely hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it'd mean the world to us if you subscribed and shared with a friend. Catch you on the next episode of the Tigers Only Podcast.